Hey, you're listening to the Sunnyside Podcast Show with me, PJ. And me, Ron. Cue the theme tune. Keep on Sunnyside, always on Sunnyside. Keep on Sunnyside alive. It will help us every day. It'll guide us on the way. If we keep on Sunnyside alive. That theme tune was less erotic than I was hoping for. Oh, well, maybe, maybe this will change it for you. Oh, yeah. So if you've listened to last week's show, listeners, you'll have uh, found it was essentially one hour of me ranting at Ron. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm buckling in for pretty much more of the same right now. Well, I thought we'd take it slow, we'd slow it down now, we'd, we'd go for something a little more intimate, a little more quiet, a little more late night. So tell me, what are your turn-ons? <laughs> at this point, being left alone to sleep. <laughs> Fred Collier, who opened um, the comic shop uh, Dark Rises with with uh, John McRae, used to say to me, he go, uh, so I'm really good in bed, you know. Are you, Fred? He goes, yeah, I turn the blankets over and everything. <laughs> 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 Clean up after myself, I'm brilliant. <laughs> Which I always liked. I thought it was a good guy. I'm excellent in bed. I can sleep a good solid nine, <laughs> ten hours. Oh, I'm not. I'm, I'm very handsy. Oh, and I'm really handsy. I can't help myself. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> My wife has occasionally said to me, could you sleep further over to the other side of the bed? I go, I can't, I'm asleep when I'm doing this. It's not my fault. I know, but please just turn around, face the other wall. Please. Must you wear rubber gloves? <laughs> How do you have four arms? What's going on? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a very dangerous uh, topic. Any kind of, it's right. So the lights down here are quite sensual at the moment in, in Ron's. Is it bothering you? I can make no, no, no. It's not. It's color. not. It's just. It's. I'm. So, I'm very conscious that that uh, there is a danger. I might slip into overly erotic talk. <laughs> That's. <laughs> it's that. It's that simple to get you going, isn't it? <laughs> it doesn't take much. It's been a. It's been a difficult uh, several weeks with uh, kids and grandparents not well. And well, war is all now. Then don't enter a room with PJ when there's blue lights. <laughs> It's, and also the quiet jazz. I mean, you when you're listening to this in your car, or you know, as you work, or wherever it is that you happen to listen to the show, and you hear if you're hearing a kind of jazzy track under underneath all of the the bed, is it the bed? The bed, yeah, yeah, it's a bed on this. Then you'll that's because Ron has looked up the copyright laws and checked that we're allowed to play it. If on the other hand, it's, if on the other hand you're thinking, why is PJ sound so aroused? What's going on there? <laughs> It's because... I just flagrantly ignored the copyright rules. <laughs> That's what turns me on the most, is, oh, flagrant copyright. <laughs> ignore Just, oh, God, ignore those copyright laws. Just ignore them. Oh, my God. Like that, yeah. <laughs> Scott, come back. Scott's not here. If you again. ever wonder what Scott brought to the show, <laughs> it's the withering look that he'd be giving PJ right now that would make all of this stop. That's I'm a, not capable of that look. No, no, because Ron's an enabler. Ron laughs when I do stuff like that, and Scott just just looks at me like like I like like, like he like, stood on something and he's like looking he's at it. He's not angry. He's just disappointed <laughs> perpetually. Um, yeah, and I, and I, I, you know, and that's fine. That's fine. I mean, we we talked about this already, but he does. I feel like he clips my wings sometimes, and sure. in a disproportionate way. I don't. I don't need that shit. I don't. <laughs> I don't need that. I uh, yeah. So tell me about the first time you made love to a beautiful lady. No, no, don't, don't. <laughs> this is not a topic fit. I was about to actually launch into that. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> Look, here's the thing. I, I I lost my virginity in a field. Did you? Yes. Where, 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 what field was it? It was a, it was a, a few fields up from my, where my father lives now. To a sheep? <laughs> to, to a human? <laughs> another person? To another person. Oh, that's a, thank God. <laughs> Someone you was so how old were you? I know uh, this is a, look. Here's the thing. I don't want to get into this, and the reason I don't want to get into this is this: my wife, who is a beautiful, wonderful woman who loved me very much, would like very much to think. That I arrived on this earth as a virgin and was maintained, was maintained that uh, purity all through time until I met her, and that's fine. Okay, that's exactly what happened. Okay, and which is a shame because I've got some hair raising stories. That's not what happened to me. <laughs> but you, 
But you, 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 the people that you've been with, you've, I mean, in, in relationships wise, have never been worried about your histories and, you know, they've always been very easy going. There's no yeah, sense I of mean, jealousy uh, you know, with, in those with, individuals. You know, with, without exception, every lady that I've, uh, lady that I've loved, every, every, every past love of mine, I'm still, I'm still good friends with. Yeah. You know, that's the, weird. It's weird, but you know, I think it's nice. I mean, it's nice. Don't get me wrong. It's nice. Yeah, I it mean, freaks me out when I see someone I went out with ten years ago. And I'm with my wife for not ten years. It freaks ago. you out when Jesus, you see someone I've I went with out with. My, I've been with my wife for twenty five years, so I didn't go out with anyone ten years ago. Like when I'm talking about, you know, like a hundred years, ten yeah, years but, before but I met. You get my bothered when you see my exes. I feel guilt at every like I, Catholic guilt runs through me. Like like I like. I don't know what, like a stick of rock, like it says guilty all the time through my body. Cut me through the middle, it'll just say guilty in big letters. Um, so yes, I do feel guilt when, when the, even the t- fact you're talking about your exes is making me feel bad. Hi, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking, poor Susie, what if she, Susie listens to this? Susie's met them. <laughs> but not the one in the field, surely. Actually, she lived here for uh, a month. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't understand this. This is amazing to me. She I, had a, she had a bad breakup, and uh, she needed somewhere to live. Um, this like, is too right. intimate. This, this stuff is too intimate. And you, it's, the lights have done this to you. The music that we're listening she, to she has into, made you she, forget she, that people will listen to this that are not you and me. This is not a private conversation. But that's okay. Everybody knows this. This is, this okay. is this, none of this is a secret. I mean, granted, most of our listeners actually know us. So yes, that's true. So you no, know, she moved in, into my spare room for you know I think uh, six weeks or so while she was looking for somewhere to live. A bigger, a bigger field. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like you know, obviously, all, all, all of the field sex was behind us <laughs> by by you know the, several miles. There was, there was quite quite a lot of time and and a, and a marriage to someone else yeah. in between there. So. You know, all, all those feelings yeah, yeah, yeah. And all kind of dissipate, and it just becomes about the friendship. You know, yeah. I, I w- see. I, I don't, I don't know because generally, when I've, when I have finished, when I have been with someone, and that relationship you is throw over, throw them away like a I, soiled I, rag. I never see them again. They don't. They cease to exist in every conceivable way. You know, not not because I'm like a horrible person or anything, but I, they've always tended to be people who've lived so far away that, and that's the way I like it. Well, I'm a way. hoarder. <laughs> Throw nothing away. I hold on to everything, whether they want it or not. They're still part of my life. Every so often, what'll happen is when I get a new computer or something, I'll wipe out twenty years of files, and I'll go, "Thank God." Because I'm I'm also a hoarder, but at the same time, when stuff goes, it's I I I feel the weight of that stuff, and I want rid of it. And so when I get rid of it, it's like oh, so lighter, so lighter. Well, I mean, you know, from my point of view, I've all my shit's in iCloud. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and and not 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 that I you know obviously I'm not not that I'm. Well, you're um, a different generation of me, so so you. I mean, when you started dating, like digital photos were a thing, presumably, maybe. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> and there'll be links to those in the show notes. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, my first serious girlfriend, I, I didn't meet her until um, I was like 19 or 20. Was a robot. <laughs> you didn't meet her until no, you were no, 19. I, 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 was tw- you, I was 20. Your, hang on. Yeah. Right, your first serious relationship, you, just the way you said that, my first serious relationship, I didn't meet her until I was 18 or, or 19 no, or 20. I was 20. It made it sound like you, met, you started dating her online when you were 11. And then it's only when no, you were no, nineteen no. or twenty we, you you we, finally we, met. We met at a, at a popular night spot when I was okay. twenty years old. Okay, okay. And you know, I, so that would have been I, when I, I, when, lived, when, I was when with her for I was twenty years old, so it was nineteen ninety eight. Ninety eight. So you, the internet was a thing then. Uh, just about, but I mean, you weren't finding women online with the internet yeah. back then. Yeah. You know, there, was, there were no social social networks or anything like that. They didn't yeah. exist. Well, 90, yeah, the, the, the only thing like a social Usenet network... Would be like, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. There was, there was all sorts of Usenet things that were kicking around. In fact, then, in 1998, I don't think I owned a computer. I, I was at university from 93 to 97, I think, so I was kind of... I was on the internet and chatting to people and, and new, new people from the web... From then, so that, that's when I kind of started getting involved in a lot of 2080 kind of fan base things from from there. So, but yeah, I, yeah, that's a, that's a long time. Yeah, I, I didn't own a computer until I moved in with with the said girl, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I needed a computer 
because back then I lived, when, I, when I lived with my brother, I shared his. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't own a computer until like two years, two or three years into that relationship. God, talk dirty to me about that computer. Oh, it this was horrible. Sort of, it, was, it was a gateway one. Tell me Actually, about where my, where my office is now is about a stone's throw from where I was when scammed into buying that computer. <laughs> I remember it, gateways. Yeah. Yeah, I worked for, right. So I worked for Botanic Computer Center. It was a family run business, uh, run, owned by a guy called Bert Cumming, who, who was a merchant in the merchant navy during the war and came out of the war in 1949, opened the shop, called it, uh, uh what's it, what was it called? Um, Something like radio, um, I, uh, oh, perfect radio or something like that. Um, and then over the years, it became Botanic Computer Center. Okay. And his son, it became Botanic Computer Center because his son came in and went, let's do computers and let's have computers. And let's, and, and I sort of stopped working there, I think around 97, 98, something like that. So around that sort of time. And I stopped working there because... What had seemed very obvious to me was, as the owner had gotten older, his and the the business during the sixties had multiple um, ideal radio. That's what it was called. Oh, okay, had, it had multiple uh, outlets all around the place. And when I started, it had two. It had shrunk down over that time. Okay, and, and so this wasn't a business on the rise. No, 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 far from it. And his son wasn't wasn't keen. But what really gave it away? That that his son was not that keen on taking the family business and expanding. It was the day that I found out that he he was working through the week for Gateway Computers, <laughs> selling <laughs> right, okay. selling their computers while also working in uh, a Botanic Computer Center. And I was like, going, but that surely that's is there not a conflict of it? I mean, I don't know how this works <laughs> in a family run business, but but I think they all knew that the place was on its way out and was going. Let's make your bed nice so you can escape. And and uh, so that's that's my relationship with Gateway. I think for a while we were selling Gateway computers as well because you could sort of buy them and, and ship them and, and yeah. send them out to people. But they I mean, were pieces I, I, of shit. I really. just didn't have any real interest in computers. Up well, there's until, nothing nothing in them. I mean, I mean, like, you know, aside from. Discovering that pornography could be accessed in the in the privacy of my own home, yeah, um, there, there was nothing for you know because no all the hedge there. porn had started to die out. Then is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, once all the perverts retreated to being online, all the time. once they all stopped having sex and fetals wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah, okay. So that was your, and she moved into the room with a computer, without a computer. No, no, she just lived there. I mean, like literally everything she owned was in this house. On top of my this house, we're in now. This house, we're in now. So this was recentish. Oh, this was maybe let's see, about a year after I moved in here. Oh right, okay, okay. God, you're. I I mean, you're such a lovely, easygoing guy. I feel really highly strung compared to you. I'm pretty easygoing. Yeah, yeah. I I don't tend to hold grudges or or get upset about about nothing. There's no grudges. No grudges. No. You just sort of let go. Yeah, I mean, a long time ago, I kind of realized that it took a lot of took a lot more effort. To be angry about stuff than it did mm. just to kind of like let that stuff. I I go. find that for me I don't there's no effort required. It, it just <laughs> it's, it's I forget about it until something reminds me and I go fuck sake. Ah! Which uh, comes which reminds me it's my fiftieth birthday this year right? Yep. And my wife's, my my brother's gone. What are you doing for your fiftieth birthday? And my wife's gone. What do you want to do for your fiftieth birthday? And I'm going. I don't want to do anything. <laughs> I don't want any. I because all my birthdays have been disasters. Why should this one be any different? I would like to, everyone to leave me alone. That's about it. Uh, and maybe, maybe I'll get a pair of Apple AirPods. AirPods. That's, 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 <laughs> maybe, maybe that's. A, and even then, I'm genuinely think I'll buy them for myself. <laughs> So I just know it's going to be disappointing. It's, it's no matter what happens. Well, you're, you're certainly at the age where you know pre- presents are a thing that you know. Are they don't f- make any f- sense. Well, I mean, well, they're, I they're want, fraught I with uncertainty. Anything yeah. you want, yeah, you can just purchase yourself. Yeah. I'm also at an age where you know someone buys you anything that's going to last six months. You think to yourself, I might not be here. No, it's not quite, <laughs> not quite that bad. But there will come a point where you go, is this? You know, is this? I mean, it used to be when I when I was going out with a net. And any anyone I went out with, and there was a birthday or something coming up, I would think to myself, "Let's leave it for as close to that birthday as we can, just to see, <laughs> just to see what happens here, <laughs> just see how these things pan out." One never knows. One never knows. Um, 
but no, I, I don't generally hold grudges. I don't think. I mean, what? It, but that the the reason I like that in my head to my birthday is because the reason I'm I'm not I'm thinking I'm on fiftieth birthday's coming up. Do I want to do anything? Like I can't be arsed doing anything. Is because it's not really a grudge, but it's certainly I'm conscious that it's all the disappointing birthdays that I've had have made me go. Well, obviously, the, the, you know, the 40th was the, the big one. Yeah. Well, it was it was the biggest damp. It was the biggest non. One, yeah, biggest squib. Yeah, yeah um, and I've just had my fortieth birthday last year, and all of my friends have now. Wait, a good that was a good time. We, we went, we, we know, went out. Had, all of my friends have had their fortieth now that you know that, mm-hmm. that I kind of came up with, and uh, yeah, sort of time to good. get younger friends. Well, <laughs> Susie's got younger friends. So Susie's, Susie's a lot younger than me. Yeah. Okay. All right. Braggy McBragapants. Cashback. <laughs> Cashback, ladies, cashback. Um, is this music still here? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the music. Okay. What is this, anyway? What are we listening to, Rob? Uh, we're listening to a playlist that someone shared on uh, Reddit called Beatstrumentals. I'll link to it. <laughs> and, and if you're one of the lawyers involved in any of the companies there, uh, Ron will send you directly his email look, details. Look, I think, no, in my head, this could be completely wrong. It is. But it is. Listener, it is completely wrong. <laughs> I think as long as I'm not featuring the music like I'm playing this as like a you know, so, he, so here is the latest is, track as long as the one thing you don't do is draw attention to it you'll be fine yeah I think what, so what you're saying there is as long as you don't attempt to offer exposure then you'll be okay <laughs> look they can have all of the money that I make from this show can be split for this episode we can work this out financially <laughs> I don't think you can. I don't exactly. think you're right. If we, if you oh, have you seen the very recent news about the um, the Rolling Stones and the the Verve, the Verve, yeah. and Rolling Stones have basically settled and said, "Yeah, do you know what? You, you this is your you wrote this, not us." And it's and it all stems from the fact that the Verve used a tiny, tiny. They used a, sa- a sample of a track, and it wasn't even the, the original Rolling Stones track. It was a it was a orchestral kind of. I think it was an orchestral version of a Rolling Stones track. Mm-hmm. And because that orchestral version had Mick and Keith's credit on it. You're listening to erotic copyright talk <laughs> <laughs> with PJ and Ron. Because Mick and Keith had that credit on the on the cover on the orchestral cover that they sampled, then all of the money for uh, Bittersweet Symphony went to Mick and Keith. Mm. And I think this week they decided that he they should felt have slightly bad about it. Well look, at this point, <laughs> I mean they They've made need, all the money. They don't need any money. No, there's not. You know, there's nothing that could happen to them. They could lose their. I think they're probably worth somewhere in the region of six to seven hundred million dollars. They could spend each. ten million dollars a day for the rest of their lives and still live to be a hundred and three because they're about a hundred and two now. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> a, a popular thing I've heard is that you know we need to kind of uh, look at what sort of world we're going to leave behind for Keith Richards. <laughs> Because <laughs> the man seems to live through everything, yeah. but yeah, I mean, even on the interest alone of what they have, they will never ever starve or go hungry no. or run out of models to fuck. Yeah, you know. So it's it's it seems chur- it seems churlish of them not to give the money that they accrued from Bittersweet Symphony, which you know. But but I mean, was that? I know for for the Verve that was a huge amount of money. That was a huge huge amount of money. But for the Rolling Stones, was it not just like a drop in the bucket? No, I mean it, that would have been, I'd say, a few millions worth of mm-hmm. of uh, royalties. You know, yeah. I mean, and yes, I mean, for, from Richard Ashker's point of view, it's the biggest hit he's ever had. Yeah. He's had other songs that have been nowhere near as big, mm. but that to have all the money of that taken away and and still to have to perform it. You know, when you're yeah. pl- when you're playing a gig and going thinking, Mick and Keith are going to be eating out you know, on stage. I wonder on how this. much of it they could he could have rewritten it and not have like like I mean. Like when when uh, if but, you go Siri play me PM Dawn uh, set of drift on memory bliss, uh, what you'll hear is not the original song. Yes, <laughs> because because the original singer turned out to be a paedophile, and they 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 booted him off the record and re-recorded it. And nobody talks about the re-recording except for me every so often, and it's totally different. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds totally different. But here's the thing: I mean, the song essentially sounds the same except with a different guy on it. Yeah, but. With Bittersweet Symphony, the thing that everyone knows about is the it's that hook. Yeah, that, yeah. that's the bit they sampled. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, so okay. if they didn't use that, which, 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 which is looped throughout the entire song, yeah. the entire song is yeah. that sample with like them drumming and stuff over the top of it. Um, if you take that out, the song loses 
all of its yeah all of its structure uh, you know all of its recognition and yeah. everything that people associate with it um so yeah it, it hangs on that but at the same time he did write everything else with yeah, it you know? yeah um, but even even to use that hook in that way was not something because as I understood it, he kind of he jiggled around with the hook a bit. It's not even just yeah, it's not it, even it just a straight exactly kind like of lift from but the, yeah, from but the thing. I mean, like this this was all sorted out in courts in like the eighties the and nineties. The whole the sample wars when people, especially with hip hop, <laughs> sample did, wars when, when DJs started lifting bits out of yeah. like old tracks and uh, and making whole song, song yeah. songs out of them. And the original artist going, well, hang on a second, yeah, you, you can't Copy- have it. And copyright wasn't quite ready for that yeah. just yet. And I, I'm still not hundred percent sure that. That the amount that's apportioned out for a sample should be as high as it is. I don't. I don't think you should get a songwriting credit. I think you should get what's like almost like a like a, a flat fee or something for something mm. like that. I, I just don't think that you know un- unless the entire song is the same track, yeah. but with rapping over the top of it, yeah. Which does a proportion it, of money based happen. on how much of it is your song. Yeah, somebody should work that out. So properly. what I'm saying is. We're okay then with this. this oh, bed, sure, we're grand. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we are. Unless they've got Mick and Kate's lawyers, in which case this will be the last episode. <laughs> I mean, that's not to say that we're going to have a hit on our hands like the Verve, because suddenly this one episode, unlike the others, has got this deeply erotic sound tune going on. That's just. This is, can you imagine? Like I'm just saying now, Scott. If you're not here next week, it's it's a good chance we'll be nude. That's, well, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know how far we're going to fall through this hole. I suppose what I'd like to know is: Do the listeners like the music in the background? Do they like this kind of like vibe? Yeah. This I quite like it, but, but I like now, it. But now I want a little cocktail or something, and and like a spliff. Well, all I can offer you, uh, is, and I'm not a drinker, and a, I don't do drugs. So. A lukewarm kind of diet coke. Mm. So. Oh, well, that was the most erotic noise I've ever heard. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of diet coke. So what else has been happening with you? Um, I've watched a lot of TV. I've watched Ghosts. Have you watched Ghosts? No, tell me what it is. Ghosts is... Um, see, this is where the music doesn't work so much now. This is where we need kind Wait, of... Well, you want the theme music from Ghosts? No, no, I, I, want, I don't want to... The, 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 this music we're listening to makes me feel like the kind of conversations we have to have have to be of a certain type, have to be of a certain level, have to be sort of not intimate, but, but at least... What's your favourite birth control? <laughs> <laughs> but they, they they feel like I'm more slowed down, you know. I can't I can't just start talking about a TV show. So like you're, you're having trouble segueing. I'm having trouble with segue. Segue. Okay, the music's down. Oh, that's better. Is that helps better. Yeah, that's better. Okay. So anyway, I watch Ghosts. Ghosts is um, a BBC TV series by the guys who do horrible histories. Okay. Um, and it's basically, it's basically them going, we need, we should do our own show. And it, and it's not on, I mean, in principle, not unlike Rent a Ghost. There's, um, there's a, an old mansion. Hang on. It's like Rent a Ghost? It's a little bit like Rent a Ghost. I'm sold already. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's an old mansion that belongs to the family of Buttons, uh, and over the years, over the you know hundreds of years, it has accumulated a number of ghosts who now live there. Okay, and it's inherited by this girl who didn't, who's very poor, uh, doesn't know she owns a, a, a you know as a, a member of the Button family is quite a distant relative. Suddenly she inherits this house, and she goes to do it up, and she gets a bump on the head, uh, falls into a coma, and wakes up, and she's the only one can see or hear the ghosts. And the ghosts super excited to be seen and heard, and they're all very jolly. And the, and some actually some I really like some of the characters because they're really kind of they're just so happy to be seen and heard. And it's like oh wow, this is brilliant. So you've got you've got it's like five or six different ghosts there. One of them, one of them, interestingly, one of the ghosts. Rent the ghosts. There we go. <laughs> it's not. It's very similar to Rent a Ghost. I think. I mean, okay. it's, it's a modern take on. I think. I think they know people are going to go. Oh, this is a bit like Rent a Ghost. Well, hang on. <clears throat> I mean, is the target audience people who were old enough to watch Rent a Ghost? No, no, no. It's, well, maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's definitely not kids a kids show. But I watched it with Nathan, who's fourteen. He enjoyed it. So you know, I think it covers a, a wide range of ages. There's a little bit of kind of smutty talk, but not too much. And uh, like one of the characters is. So you've got these these. 
different ghosts, and one of them is a caveman who died, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, and seen the and kind of doesn't quite talk in English and is is very silly. And then you've got one who is um, a World War Two Army general who died somehow. Uh, you've got Lady Button who owned the house and died somehow, was pushed out of window by her husband. Uh, and um, you know, you have these. There's one of the, the characters was burnt as a witch, and so smells of smoke every time you you know she, she walks through someone she smells of smoke. So it's a very okay. silly. It's a bit silly and it's funny and it's a nice little way to kill some time and it's kind of it's kind of funny. I like okay. it. I like where it. where is good. it on? It's on BBC iPlayer and you can watch all of the episodes right now. Okay. So there. So I watch. We should that. be getting kickbacks from the BBC for this. We should, yeah, but unfortunately, that's not the way. The the unique way the BBC is funded is <laughs> by, <laughs> by me sending them twelve quid every month. <laughs> So yeah, Ghost was good. I like Ghost. Actually, talking about BBC TV shows, we haven't talked about the end of Line of Duty. This is true. And, and like, we because we, talk, talk we about talked it. about the end of Line of Duty while Scott was here, but he couldn't actually give us any hints. Yeah, and irritatingly, he's not here again. Now, I can't even remember what predictions I made, but I think I was pretty on the money with a lot of it. Did Were you? What I You can't remember. No, I can't. So well, gonna, then let's just say I'm, you were right I'm across the board. Lots of it. Lots of it. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I came away thinking, what the fuck was going on? I thought, Huh? I didn't knew nothing. I a part of that might be down to me sitting watching it. As far as I could tell, uh he went he the guy who died dot dot, dot cotton dot cotton died and went Ugh, H <laughs> Right <laughs> And everyone's going, He said H, we've gotta find H and you're called H and he's called H and this guy's H. Oh H and then somewhere along the line somebody went, Shit, no, hang on, enhanced video. Video enhanced. Look, he's tapping out a message. Yeah, it's a bit. What what message did he tap? He tapped out the number six. What the fuck? What are you sure he was tapping anything? What was going on? Felt like a reach. It do, it is a bit contrived at that point, and it does seem like it's almost like an artificial way to try and stretch out the series to like another series. You're right. Like, like well, you know, I feel like they could have probably wrapped up what they were talking about. Um, you know, wrapped up the storyline of the <clears throat> Did show. Did it need to be tied into every... I mean, I, I suppose one thing is every series of Line of Duty is its own little series, but it does seem to tie in. It all seems to lead on from the previous one. Well, I think since about series three, series two or three, they've kind of... Well, do you know what? I think the first series was self-contained. Yeah. Um, and then when they were brought... When the show was a hit yeah. and they brought it back, uh, they realised... We need an ongoing narrative here. We need something what's, to kind of. What's this? Oh, this is the line of duty. This thing, is music from line of duty. Okay, how about that? And uh, they realised that they need a through line to keep people coming back every mm-hmm. year. So that's why they they brought in this notion of like the the conspiracy being you know in the yeah in the police and uh, there being more people. It involved. is. I mean, the, the li- line of duty is the police shows what I imagine. Um, uh, what do you call it? The 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 Archimedes code. No, what's it called? It's the the. The Enigma Code? No, not the the, arc, the one with the arc, the guy running around trying to solve the mystery by Dan Brown. That one. Oh, the Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code is what the Da Vinci Code is the archaeology. Archaeology, <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous and over the top. So I suppose big conspiracy. I mean, if it turns out the Vatican's behind the whole thing, it would not surprise me. Ultimately, oh, yeah. I mean, in the end, yeah. I mean, the, the at this point, a satisfying conclusion is going to be a miracle to pull off. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I think everyone, even people who are ardent fans of it, were watching going, bullshit in that Moscow <laughs> thing. I mean, there's not, not a chance, you know. <laughs> it's. A, I mean, it's like, oh, I can't, I better tap out a message. And who does that? Who does that? With their dying breath, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to indict someone with some Morse code. Yeah, why, would you, why would you care at that point? Yeah, yeah, just die. I mean, how do you know it's not just a twitch? <laughs> you know? It's, yeah, like, the, it's the way that the Steve character says, Hang on, and just runs and play the video back again. Like he's realised something he'd, he'd, you know, he'd seen a hundred times, but he, it now makes sense to him. He says, "Look at his fingers. He's tapping out four dots. Four dots. That's H. H. H doesn't mean H. It means four. What? There's four. There's four <laughs> caddies. That doesn't make sense. And I thought to myself, this is like three, two, one logic. <laughs> this is like Dusty Ben wheels out. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, Steve, you could have solved the case. You could have won that speedboat. But instead, no. <laughs> four, four dots is more school for H. H, well, another word for H is a hallway. A place where the hallway is a sort of place you'd find a bin. That's right, it's Dusty Bin. 
<laughs> my first is an eight, but not four. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the bit that made me go, what? hey. So when he said H, it's because it was shorthand for him to indicate the Morse code, which was the number four. Why wouldn't he just go, Four. Four. There's four of There's us. There's fucking four of us. <laughs> yeah. It's like Steve runs in. Guys, guys, play it backwards. The enemy is all around you. It is H and John and Fred and Wilma and Barney. Well, fuck, that's cleared that up then. That, that, all that being said, I think it is the rare show that could basically have an entire episode set inside a police interrogation room and have it be fairly gripping the yeah, whole way through. Yeah, it is through. fun. I mean, it's a fun show. It's just, it's not, I think... I have a feeling that Jed Mercurio takes it more seriously than than a lot of other people. Maybe they go like. by his comments on Twitter and yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he doesn't. He doesn't have time for people. He, he has have, time to respond to them. He, he doesn't have time for the sort of people that modern TV culture has engendered. People who think that their opinions are worth sharing with the creators. <laughs> so well, that's yeah. That is. I mean, that's not bad. That's just don't share your things yeah, with the I, people I, that make there, the there's things. There's this horrible stream recently of people who have like negative reviews of a book or a movie or a comic or whatever, and they they copy in the person who created it as if that's useful to them. Mm. You know, like oh, oh, I, thanks, I, thanks very much for that because we, I mean, we made this show over three years, and if we finished it two years ago, so this is very helpful information now about the middle of it. Yeah, thanks. Fuck off. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like having a having a campaign to have the whole show remade. <laughs> That's bad. Which is I those love, bonkers oh, things, thing, right? This is what I wanted to do. Scott's not here. And I thought, this is the sort of thing we can do. We could remake the ends of shows, just you and me. <laughs> how, how, how we can fix things? Yeah, how would we fix things? <laughs> that's, that's, and we could act them out. That would be a whole thing. It At the same time, fun. I mean... The, then I remember my skill level there is maybe not as high as my, uh, you know, ambition. Well, there's this assumption that, you know, like, I think when you're really upset and annoyed about how something ends people tend to think that everybody else must be on the same page as them. Yeah. I was happy with how Game of Thrones ended. Look, like, like, I I don't care if that Game of Thrones thing gets 20, if that gets 700 million people voting for it, maybe someone will remake it, but let's face it, no. That's not that's not the way the world works. No, it doesn't. it's not. If it's a way for people to vent, that's cool. And as long as, I mean, it would be great if like someone could come on and go, <laughs> you guys, you guys are crazy. And they would go, yeah, I know we're crazy. We just we just signed it because we thought it'd be really fucking funny. But what ha- tends to happen is people go, no, we're deadly serious. We well, want it yeah, remade. We've talked about this a couple of times, just this entitlement culture that fans have. I mean, I've, I've said it a few times recently on Twitter, that if you're making anything for the fans... It's a waste of time. Mm. You have to make things that you enjoy or that, you, uh, that yeah. makes it or that, that that push your buttons because yeah. there's absolutely no. So there was sixteen no point in making things to please the fans. Sixteen million viewers for Game of Thrones finale. Yeah, and the which um, is a big audience for that. It's channel. a big audience, and it's also it's like, not Morecambe and Wise. No, but it's, no, no, but get sixteen million people to agree on anything is like how how. Well, yeah, but they don't agree necessarily. Like they all tuned in, and then yeah. a lot of them were unhappy. And now I think they were unhappy because this didn't pan out the way their fan fiction in their head yeah. panned out. Or well, there's I mean, there's things that I wasn't happy about. There's no two ways about it. But I mean, the the idea of of signing a petition. Yeah, I'll sign. I'll I'll sign it. Fuck it. I'll sign. I'll sign a petition. Let's get it remade. Let's have. I I would like robots in it. That's, yeah. that's what I want. Yeah, everyone, everyone signing that clearly wants exactly the same yeah. thing. <laughs> you know, can you get them all to agree on what, a, how, the how this as, should it's end? It's the same yeah. as the people kind of putting money into a, a thing to get the news the, the Star uh, Wars. Yeah, remade the Last Jedi. I mean, like, you know, the new ones no. coming out in what six or seven months. We're past that. <laughs> well, the time to fund something is before it's made. Yeah, and also, look, Jesus, I I love the that people are so sort of encouraged about a thing they want to do something with it. But go make your own new shit. Yeah, that's that's the obvious thing to go. point out. Is like if you're that invested in how fiction works out, make your own fiction. Yeah, go go and write your own Game of Thrones. Go and write your own Game of Thrones fan fiction. File the serial numbers off it and call it something else because that's what Game of Thrones did. Well, that, that, well that's what Susie was saying to me. I mean, it's you know. That, that's how... So you went, Ron, stop writing Game of Thrones erotica uh, and Line of Duty erotica. Game of Thrones is erotica. <laughs> but, you know, if, if if you're unhappy with how something stop, worked out... Stop writing Game of Thrones as non-erotica, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> the girl stayed fully dressed throughout the conversation. God, this is so not sexual. My member stayed flaccid. <laughs> 
What is this place? Is it a brothel? No, no, it's a library. It's a library. We all like the library. <laughs> so yeah, but if you if you really want you know a good ending for the show, write that ending for yourself and enjoy it. I mean, it's 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 as valid and as real as what was on TV. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, which is it's, not real. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, none of this really happened. <laughs> so you might as well just. It's, it's Alan Moore said this is everything's. It's, this is a made up story as they all are. Yeah, it's just a made, make it all up. Well, uh, he also said one of my favorite things, which is just just because this isn't this isn't uh, facts doesn't mean we have to lie. Yeah, you know, okay. the, the the truth in storytelling, you know, yeah. or the you know, the, yeah. So I understand. I get it. So what else have you been watching? I, I can't try to think what vape, I've been watching. Vape, night. No, I'm way I, behind. I know, that. and I, and the, so the last series of Vape, the last episode of Vape, is a kind of that's it. It's a final sort of. So is it like you're Cheers? Way behind. I can't remember the end of Cheers at all. But it, Sam turns out the light in the bar. Did she turn out the light in the bar? No, but she. Okay. she it, so it cuts. It, it essentially ends on. So the whole of the last series has been her running for president. And the okay. disasters that befall her, and, and all, and it's great. It's a very funny episode, and the last episode is forty-five, forty-eight minutes long. So it gets it gets in some of those extraordinary Amando Iannucci kind of, uh, uh, I don't say tongue twisters, but these great insults that that you know. That, that, uh, there's that a guy called Ian yeah. McCarthy writes those. Oh, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, a, he's like what the swearing and insult consultant from. Uh, <laughs> From the north of England, who write, writes a lot of these, uh, yeah, I mean, exceptionally you can, you colourful can, metaphors. Yeah, you can you can hear the, you hear them and you think, wow. The, I mean, I like on the spur of the cuff, no one turns around and says that. Everyone goes and then walks away and then thinks of something later and then goes, you bastard. And then, but but in this show, they turn out stuff like like uh, you know, like like I'm unable to even do now when I'm thinking of it. Yeah. You know, they just. Turn yeah, stuff everyone is is their wittiest self on their yeah, best day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's great. And so the the whole show's been about her running for actual president. So the the arc of of uh, Veep as a TV show has been she starts off as a vice president and it's you know functionally a useless post and ends up kind of um, losing. Uh, you know, becoming president on the death of of, of whatever I think. Oh, okay, yeah. And but it's the shortest li- lived uh, presidential uh, run ever, and ends up becoming sort of VP again, and and kind of ends her reign as a, as one of the shortest presidents they've ever had, and barely in there for like a number of months, and and decides to run again for for president, and the end of the last episode basically that the you know the result of that her running for president but then it cuts to 75 years later or, or 25 years later and she's dead and it's her memorial and it's all the characters coming out and kind of you know and and the it's just Spo- spoilers folks. spoilers for veep but i mean if you haven't seen veep by now i mean it's not i mean veep is very much the journey rather than this destination but it is just very funny i mean there's stuff that i'm i'm not going to spoil about what she does to some of the characters that are genuinely um having lived with those characters and watched them and, and seen them interact it's like oh that's a whew, that's a these are harsh things this character has yeah. done it's never you know it's it's there's always a kind of air of I am horrible or mean to these people, but these people are cardboard cutouts, and the the uh, the, the anger and motivation or whatever these are not real. You don't feel these emotions as a real person. You feel them as a kind of like you're watching a cartoon. And then there are moments in the the finale or the finale where it is oh I feel these as real. <laughs> you just gonna put theme music for all these shows on? No, that's not, that's not theme music. For me. Is it not okay? Um, more beats. More okay. Um, so yeah, the, the yeah the finale is really satisfying. It's really good, and and it is just it's there's funny little sort of releases for each of these these characters. They all get their own little moment this in the sun. And there's one particular relationship in Veep, which is I think it's some it's it's quite a one sided relationship all the way through it. And it's her and her assistant, and it gets a real kind of it's got a real oh it's a real. Whoa. Okay, it's a real stab in the heart. Is that something that's uh, played by Tony Hill? Yeah, uh, I think Tony Hill is is from Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's great. Comedy character. Yeah, I mean they've got, they're a really great comedy team. I think it's weird because of the power dynamic of those two characters. In your head, you're always thinking, "Oh, it's Veep and this person. It's Veep and this person. It's Veep." But those two are always together. They're all like almost like one entity. Yeah. And, you know, when when she has nothing to say, he will turn up to do something. He's always kind of 
hovering in her orbit and every you know he's always kind of either feeding her a funny line or, she, or responding to something she said so anyway Veep is excellent you okay. should watch it well speaking of another show that um, hasn't ended but it, it's fourth season just ended uh, which I don't think anybody in this country is really talking about is this show called Superstore Oh, I, yeah, I've seen people mention it, but I haven't watched it. it uh, it's a fairly straight sitcom. Now, I, don't, I don't mean like a, a sitcom like Friends. It's a, it's a, it's, is this what it's, the Americans call it? Is it a four-camera sitcom? It's a multi-camera. multi-camera. No, no, it's a single-camera one. Single-camera. So, it's, camera. so it's, a, it's, it's sort of in the vein of The Office and things okay. like that. I mean, it's actually one, of, actually one of the show creators did work on The American Office. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't it, understand the distinction between multi-camera and one-camera. Okay, well, multi-camera setup would be something like Friends or Frasier. Uh-huh. Where it's filmed in front of a studio audience yeah. and they and they kind of cut it together live. Okay. Whereas a single camera, they film it like a movie. Okay. You know? So you know they they will do all the setups one at a time, rather than piecing it together from a performance. Okay. They piece it together in the in in the edits. In suite? the edits, yeah. Okay. So, so. so okay. So. So it's not literally one camera. <laughs> it is one camera. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Because yeah, that, that's the bit that confuses me. I'm always thinking, does that mean you, you're like... Because to me, when they go one camera, I think, oh, it's just the same shot locked off for the entirety of the 30 minutes. No, like, all, all, all <laughs> the... And I keep watching them and thinking, no, this is definitely two cameras. Like, Veep, Veep is a single camera show. Yeah, okay. You know, so in that they don't have two cameras floating around covering the action. Yeah. Like, if they need a second angle, they do the whole thing again yeah, with yeah, the camera okay. sitting somewhere else. okay. So, um, this feels like a sort of inside baseball way of saying film before a live studio audience, which is the old way they used to describe yeah. those kind of shows. Um, so Superstore is kind of set in like a Walmart type mm. uh, um, sort of uh, Superstore, but obviously uh, there's a really interesting sort of diverse group of, of characters. They're all really uh, well-rounded. You know, the, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an excellent sort of ensemble of, of, a, lot of a lot of people who've come from maybe stand-up comedy and they're in this, or a lot of people who are older, mm-hmm. and they've written really good sort of a uh, just little eccentric little character parts for them. Yeah, but it's sort of the day to day life of working in a supermarket. What, cha- what channel is it on? What I don't know it? what channel it's on. Oh, here. no, I can f- I can figure it out. I think it's on more four. Okay, okay. Um, we'll try and post a link. But it's uh, as a, it's had this nice little through line of uh, one of the characters called Mateo. Who is a Filipino immigrant? It turns out he's undocumented, so he's he spent a lot of the time in the sh- in the in the series, not revealing this information mm-hmm. that he he should not be around, yeah. allowed to work there legally. Um, fourth series ended with ICE coming to the, to the mm-hmm. store and they took Mateo away, and I've never been upset as upset by a TV okay. show as I have by that in a really long time. Yeah, uh, it's it's really well put together. It's. It's definitely a comment on Trump's America mm. and you know what it's like to live in that in that okay. sort of world. It's not a it's not a mean show in any way. It's a very sort of light hearted, very easy going show. Uh, one of the guys who was the former manager, where he's kind of been uh, demoted, used to be one of the kids in the hall. If you remember them, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and he is far and away one of the most outstanding character uh, comedians I've ever seen. Mm. Um, he plays Glenn, who's a sort of fundamentalist Christian who used to run the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the comedy stems from his just absolute naivety of the world around him, you know, yeah. outside of his fundamentalist Christian life. Uh, I wholeheartedly recommend Superstore. It, it, it is far and away funnier than 90% of everything okay. else that's out there. That's good, because my kids are just burning through comedy things at the moment. They're watching Fresh Off the Boat, which is yeah. quite, quite a good, funny thing. Um, and... Um, which is about what's it about? It's about it's about Korean immigrants. Yeah, Korean immigrants who and and but it's 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 sort of it's a specifically it's about one. It's a little like um, what's that other show about the kid uh, growing up? Um, the Wonder uh, Years. Uh, well, yeah, it's got that kind of the Wonder Years, and there's other shows like it as well where it's always about everybody hits Chris. Yeah, all all of those things. It's got yeah. that same sort of dynamic. But the guy who's in it is is I assumed was a stand-up comic or something, but it turns out he's a chef. And he wrote a best-selling auto, uh, autobiography, and that's, okay. that's what they does, turned it does into. Doesn't star Randall Park? I don't know who he is. Um, so he would have been the guy who played uh, the the North Korean leader in that movie, The Interview, um, Kim Jong Un. Okay. So he uh, uh, he, he is of uh, Korean ancestry himself. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, yes, that's him. He's in. An, he's in that. Okay. Yeah. But he's is he a chef as well? No, that's the thing. The chef is the kid. Oh, okay. So it's it's the you know so it's set in the nineties, mid nineties, and the kid, and the chef kid is really into 
um, uh, rap music and you know Tupac and all that stuff. Okay. And but that's obviously a reflection on what that person's really like and what it his growing up was like. So, but the the whole that's what that's what threw me. It's a very funny show, and I just went, oh, I'll be one of those comedians who's written a show about about their life or something, and, and that's that's what this is. But he's a chef. There was, a, there was a little co- uh, controversy about that show last week. Whenever it, it got, oh yeah yeah it got, yeah. It got renewed, renewed for a new season. And yeah. uh, the, yeah, the actress Const- who plays Constance the wife. Wu, I think, is the actress yeah. who plays the wife. She was just like, oh, "Fuck's sake!" Because <laughs> she really wants out of the show. Well, that no, I think that's what people assumed. But it was because, well, this is what she later on went to say it was wasn't that specifically. It was about another thing I was trying to do, and that got even though this got picked up that got cancelled and so I couldn't do that and these things are more complex and which is but you're probably right it probably was because it was like ah well she's kind of had she started having a um, feature film career now yeah. she, she was in Crazy Rich Asians and a few which other my things. wife watched and really enjoyed I watched it and I found it to be anodyne nonsense <laughs> but uh, I was gra- I think it's a true mark of equality than when uh, you know Asian Americans can make anodyne nonsense and people well, yeah, I mean that, that's kind of what I was going to say. It, it was as bland as anything else I've seen, <laughs> yeah. but I'm glad it exists. It's as bland as anything with white people. Well, yeah, I mean, it felt like it felt like at any moment, you know, Matthew McConaughey from the '90s could wander in <laughs> and lean on something. Yes, yeah. But um, no, I think I think she she really wants to kind of continue with her movie career, and um, she's locked into like if they make a new series, she has to be in it. Mm. So, you know, that's tough on her. She gets oh, to be in a popular show. So, was it Barry? I think it was Barry. Have you, so you, you, you and I have caught up on Barry because yeah. I think that Scott mentioned Barry. Scott Gus. introduced me to Barry and, and now I am very into Barry. Yeah, Barry's very good. Have you watched The Patriot yet? Not yet, no. You've got to watch The Patriot because it's very similar. Oh, okay, very similar in, vibe in, in, to that. In, yeah, it's got a very similar vibe. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a, is it, I think it was Barry where he's got an interview for uh, an audition for a TV show and it's like... If they do it, it's if he gets it, it'll be seven year commitment. If he doesn't, he's done. Or is that something else? Uh, no, that's not in Barry. That's not in Barry. No, because Barry got an audition for a TV show. Yeah. Or no, for a film because of his height and his girlfriend's. Or the girl she, she's that he's furious chasing. because she's been chasing interviews for years. <laughs> yeah. and, and he's not he's, really interested Because in he's actor. tall and looks a certain way, he got an he got yeah. a audition right away. Yeah. Uh, Barry's a good show. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, so, so, are we. We got. Time to talk about other things. Or yeah, we can talk, talk about. We can talk about a little more. What else we want to talk about? Nothing. That's the thing. That's, oh, okay. I think I've exhausted all of my. Uh, you're well, spent. I'm, is what you're saying? I'm spent. I'm, I'm very spent. I just, you know, I mean, we went in. Oh, we can talk more about sex if you want. No, <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't make you uncomfortable. Rather, I don't know. Well, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. I'm just conscious <laughs> that everybody else. I'm conscious of if if I start listening to this show back in the house or something happens, no, it'll be no. fuck. I turn that off because I'm ah my kids ah shit no no. <laughs> so uh, that's the, like you really become more aware of what your influence on the outside world is. When you have kids, you know, oh, okay. and suddenly it's like you can't just be the, you know, you can't just say or do or whatever it is because your son is going to look at you and go, what was that all about? You know? Yeah. I, well, I can't talk like this around kids, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nathan, right. So Nathan, I might have mentioned this before, but Nathan's mates are now saying to him all the time, God, your dad's so cool. He's so cool. And he's going, I don't even know why. And it's because, and it's because they, they know about the comics or, you know, they've met me through comics and, and, um, that, uh, tech conference thing that I did where there was loads of school kids at it including some of the kids from Nathan's school and it's like oh daddy they keep saying you're really cool and I, partly it's they're annoying him they're winding him up because he is <laughs> so hard to wind up that if anyone goes to slag him he realises they're slagging him so he cuts he can cut them dead like and you know he will just you know eviscerate them whereas this he doesn't know how to answer this because it's embarrassing to him but at the same time he can't sort of disarm it because he doesn't know it's an attack on him he just sees it as I don't understand why they're even saying it because you're not cool. I'm going, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just I'm a cool dad. I'm just daddy cool. Daddy cool. That's me. That's me. So, um, so if I was more on it at this point, daddy cool would be playing right now. Yeah, yeah. But that's certainly going to get us into trouble for okay. uh, for musical. What is this now? It's, it's just more stuff. Just more, just more off that playlist. <laughs> you would love to. Would you love to be doing a proper radio show? I think it'd be great. Do you, would you? Would, should we do a, like a live one? Should we try a live one where we don't record it? We just do a live thing and just put music to on. nobody. No, not to nobody. We'll, we'll we'll maybe arrange it a week or two ahead and try and do you know. Oh, try you, and mean, get oh you mean live stream it? Yeah, live stream. Okay, it. yeah, and, no, we can do that and see and see what happens. And I, I, I still need to figure out the the, the hows and wherefores of doing that. I mean, I could totally do it on YouTube. 
but yeah. um, I tried like, I tried doing it on Discord, and I had a couple of people um, sort of hanging around Discord going, "Is this show happening then?" And, it, I, and I was it, like, uh, "No." Is this I, thing on? Is I, this thing on? I really don't understand what I what I've done wrong here, <laughs> but it's not happening. So. As you were, folks. <laughs> I went. Nathan was uh, playing a video game the other day, and he had his lap- a laptop on his lap, and then on top of his laptop, he had his iPad out, where he was talking to his mates in Instagram. Apparently, Instagram can do chatting. Every, every app can do chatting. Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean, when, when it's something you can literally just drag in as a tool set, and everyone just yeah. does the same thing. So he was playing. So all the kids are back into Minecraft now. This is interesting development. Oh, the, the, is Fortnite sudden, not the thing anymore? No, suddenly gone back into Minecraft. I don't know what's happened. I think there's a certain amount of it has been. They've realised they enjoy chatting to each other more than they enjoy running around shooting each other. Okay. And so, and and they also realised the lesson we could all learn. <laughs> there's also, I think. Um, like Fortnite, when you've when you've shot people enough times, it's like, well, this is you know, I've run out of things to shoot you, you know, this I've run out of interest, and and there's also a kind of um, this generation, my my son and his mates are certainly much more wary of loot boxes, and much more like they think people who spend a lot of money on loot boxes are idiots. Well, yeah, I mean, which is interesting. You know, your son's generation are a generation that's grown up where everything is on tap for nothing. Yeah. Well, no, uh, no, it's not, it's not just that. I mean, that's true to an extent, but it's also their generation that's realized everything's monetized. Yeah. And, and, and there's a free segment to it and there's a monetized segment to it. And everything that you get for free has, is, you're getting it for free because there's a monetized aspect to it. And I think they're, they're starting to see that and they're starting to see that if they, they can surf the free things, and get a certain a certain kind of thing, but there's also this constant barrage of you know pay for this, pay for this, pay for yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, I think this. I think Fortnite's interesting in that it kind of it operates on the sort of the same social rules as reality, you know, where you can get by just fine without spending money on the flashy stuff, but all the cool kids are buying the flashy stuff. Yeah, yeah um, but, but that that's the thing. They, there is a kind of again, maybe it's just. Because my son's not rich, and my, we don't spend any money. He thinks anyone that spends money on in in app purchases is either like on certain games. If you buy in app purchases, it's to enhance the abilities of the guns or whatever it is. Yeah, and he thinks those guys are sort of half cheating. Yeah, uh, and then there's the. The, but, but that isn't the thing with Fortnite, isn't it? Fortnite's all Fortnite's co- cost, all about costumes, all costumes and, skins and things, which I would have no interest in. So I, 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 well, neither is he. I think he thinks that people that do that again are, you know, that's he thinks they're foolish, you know. So, but I think the reason they're coming back to Minecraft is he set up a Minecraft realm which lets you have sort of a network for a bunch of people. And to him, that's kind of well. We're in Minecraft realm now. We can all, you know, that's we everyone's can do whatever equal. we want. Everyone's yeah. equal. We can do what we want. We can skin ourselves for free. We can, um, we can build stuff and, and skin ourselves for free. <laughs> we can skin that's ourselves nice. for free. Oh, no, that's crazy. That's my new um, album title. <laughs> skin ourselves. Hey guys, free. we can skin ourselves for free. Available in all good record stores. <laughs> so, uh, so what I was going to say is he's playing Minecraft on the laptop. He's got a Discord chat or uh, an Instagram chat going on the iPad. He's got his phone up. As well, in his hands, filming whatever he's doing to broadcast to something else, yeah. to one of his other mates who isn't in the Minecraft thing. And it's like, what the f- <laughs> free devices? It's crazy. But like, you have to watch that and be like, television is fucked. Oh, there's, yeah. There's yeah. nothing There's nothing that television offers that they want. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, they're happy with television if they can do it on their iPad while it's on their knee while they're playing uh, Minecraft or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but if you turned off the TV, they're, they're still completely engaged yeah, in three other yeah. things at the same time. Well, I've, I mean, I've I've got really fed up with going in because my wife will watch something and she'll put on a... So, right, it's uh, fresh off the boat right now, but, you know, prior to that, it would have been another thing. Prior to that, it would have been another thing. And it's let the, they watch the entire series of it in one go. So they're, they're binge-watching the entire thing. So you're watching this for maybe I don't know four weeks or something five weeks and they're watching it and I walk into the living room on the occasion that I'm in the living room to eat dinner so I start eating dinner and I'm watching a bit of the fresh off the boat as like a show I've never watched and it's the same one I saw an hour ago or two hours ago because they watched it realised they'd gone off to do something else came back in had to rewind it back to that bit and I've done that five times so every time I walk in, it's the same fucking bit of those shows, and it's like <laughs> just pause it. And I, I come in, and I just please, can we put something on on the on the telly that is none of us have ever seen before? I don't care what it is. 
it can be shite i don't care as long as i've never seen it before yeah. please god because the other thing as well is the kids have taken to they, they when we were because we're driving up and down to the hospital a lot at the moment so it's an hour drive up and an hour drive back again the kids are going to go and entertain us entertain us and the thing they enjoy doing is is listening to music in the car mm-hmm. uh tom likes anything by oh god what's his stupid name um the typical performer that all kids like these days. Drake. Uh, no, no, no. Actually, weirdly, Nathan would like Drake. Um, Tom likes... This is the thing. I am, on paper, more likely to like the music Tom likes. But really, I actually like the music Nathan likes better because Nathan's music tends to be stuff that I have never heard before or stuff that I haven't ever heard at least a million, billion times before. I'm trying to find it and I can't... Um, Ah, balls. Uh, it is the music of... I can't remember. Well, if you tell us who it is, we can ah, have that in the show here. I can't remember. No, no, I don't want to hear it. I really don't. Um, ah, fuck it. doesn't matter. Inga Bunga Bunga. I can't remember. I can't remember this guy's name. But it's like... I don't know what you're doing, but... But I kind of want to hear more. <laughs> tell Tom to hit, do, do, tell Tom do, to hit do, me do, up do. with a link. A baby bow, a baby bow. I can't remember. I, I can't remember the singer. Baby no, shark. No. Do, 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 do. Here's the thing. They played this in the car, and there's a bit in the song where it sounds like, and I've been singing it. It's a baby bow, a baby bow, and and then it goes. Is it George Ezra? Yeah, that's him. That's him. <laughs> I don't know why I figured that out for that. But that, yes. Why do the kids like George Ezra? This has been puzzling me for, for about know. a year now. I don't know. Tom loves George Ezra, and it's like that's all he wants to listen to is George Ezra over and over and over again. And I'm singing along to a BB bow, and then that goes. What are you singing? I'm going a BB bow. She went, what? It's a BB bow. He goes a BB bow. Ooh, a BB bow. He's not. He says. He sings something like, I'd let you go. Ooh, I'd let you go. And I'm going, but it, it sounds like a BB bow, a BB bow. Ooh. <laughs> I swear to God. I, I, I mean, I don't want to subject our I, listeners I, I to have, George I Ezra. I have no time for George Ezra. Now, you're going to enjoy George Ezra live in a while because George Ezra's playing in Bell Sonic. Oh, is he? And which is about, you know, 300 oh, yards in your house. All right, okay then. <laughs> so, um, but. I've just encountered loads of youngsters recently who are really into what I consider to be the daddiest of dad rock. <laughs> I, I don't understand what the appeal of George Ezra is or, or where these kids are I think even... I think it's the sort of repetitive nature to so much of it um, that, that that they really, really like. I was DJing at a party for like young teens about a year ago <laughs> and they kept on coming up and asking for George Ezra's shotgun. Yeah, and well, I, they play, love I, I played it once, and I wanted a shotgun. <laughs> but it, it, I'd never heard it before. And they were like, "Oh, one shotgun, one shotgun." I was like, "Let's stick this on." I was like, I'll be riding shotgun, dooby dooby doo. And I was like, "What the hell?" This would literally sound like something my dad would be like. That's a good banging track. That <laughs> the thing, right? So Tom just sticks George Ezra on when he's in the car. So the way we've had to do it is, you get a go, then you get a go, then you get a go, and you get, so one gets. So Tom's working his way through the George Ezra. One album repetitively. The George Ezra songbook. Yeah, over and over and over again. And Nathan, right, which I'm like going, yeah, this is more kind of my music, sort of, but also at the same time, please God, make this stop. I've heard this a million times. And then Nathan's listening to, to Kanye West and stuff, and he's going, oh, Daddy, I don't think you'll like this, but would you hear this one? And it's like, uh, there's a song called Ghost Town. Ghost, Ghost Town, is it Ghost Town? My phone's. Oh, my phone's playing music. I've I've started it playing. Uh, he likes this song. Someday, someday I, I quite like that song. I like Kanye West. Yeah, I quite like that song. And then, and then it goes. There's a bit in it where he goes. But then he he starts listening to really weird, obscure. Kanye songs and songs from that out, yeah, you know, and it's like I, I don't think you'll like this one, and that's like George Ezra's and its thing, right? And yeah. she would be really into that, and but, but I understand that, yeah. 
like if a middle-aged woman says to me, "I like George Ezra," I'm like, "That fits. That that <laughs> that seems to be on brand." Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that seems about right. But uh, yeah, so and Nathan's going. Nathan, but the thing is, Nathan, I know part of it's the Aspergers as well, where where he cannot see another person's worldview. Yeah. So he's really struggling with the idea that Annette, uh, Tom's going. What do you think this song, Mummy? And uh, score out of ten. No, George is, Ezra is, track. And this he, is, he's going, this isn't the Aspergers. I'm completely with Nathan on this. <laughs> I don't get it. it. It's it's bizarre to me. Well, if I was sitting going, beside Tom in the car, I'd be like, "Are you on crack? <laughs> <laughs> what age are you? Why are you listening to this man?" Here's my song about being a man riding across America. Like, oh yeah, that's one of his songs, isn't it? Who is this for? <laughs> it's not for you. Why do you like it? <laughs> Uh, he goes what he's thinking mommy and then it's going oh I'd give that an 8 or a 9 and, and then Nathan will go what about this song and he'd put on some really obscure weird Kanye West song or something that even more like from out uh, and then I'd go like 2 this is horrible what if, ah, this is like noise take this off he's going I don't I don't understand it my my music is objectively better than Thomas's <laughs> <laughs> objectively better well Nathan sounds like me at 13 <laughs> So yeah, so he's been basically poor, and it's been then the thing about Nathan's stuff is at least it's different. It's not fucking George Ezra. So on the way up and then down the car, it's like okay, well I don't like that song you've played, but it's a nice change of pace, you know. Yeah. So that's that's uh, that's the thing. That's what we've been putting up with at the moment. Lots okay. of music in our house. Well, um, I mean, okay, well that leads me into my pick of the week is I am going to get I am going to pick Apple Music. Okay, okay. Um, so I mean, obviously. These days, the choice is kind of Spotify or Apple Music, and I, I, I uh, Amazon I, Music as well. Amazon Music or Google Music. I mean, mm. er, er, you know, anyone who's anyone's got streaming their own services, streaming service. But there was an update last week or two weeks ago to iOS, and it introduced sort of a new kind of not not a new look to Apple Music, but certainly the recommendation engine mm. seems to have been improved drastically. Mm-hmm. Christ uh, knows what it's doing to mind between, between <laughs> what, are you in a George Ezra kind of day or can you we don't know what are you what kind of human are you for God's sake but all of a sudden it started offering me like playlists and um, recommendations that are I would say uh, surprising and uh, exciting yeah you know? okay you know and they're not offering me what they always used to do in the past was like for listening to a lot of this here's some more of this yeah you know? yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's that's I think I I think we talked about this before about my you know the Amazon giving me the same stuff over yes. and over again and it, it does occur to me that um, like a really smart thing would not be to give you exactly the same yeah. it would recognise probably the kinds of things you would like and sometimes would go in a diametrically different direction well, to give you something thing, different you know, I mean you know there, there's, there's still certainly times wherever I get annoyed at it whenever like Taylor Swift has a new album out, and then all of a sudden, all the recommendations of Taylor Swift, regardless of whether yeah, or not, yeah. I, like I do like Taylor Swift, but not this much Taylor. Swift. Not this much Taylor Swift. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like colors, like so the color wheel, right? You know the color wheel, yeah. which is a big circle of colors, right? So the idea on the color wheel is a perfect set of colors includes uh, two. So complementary colors are two colors at the opposite ends yes. of that color wheel. So, for example, blue is at the opposite end of orange. Yeah. And the thing is with music recommendations engines is they go, you like the color blue. Here's other colors of blue that here's you some dark, also like. Here's some yeah. dark blue. Here's, here's some light blue. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. whereas it kind of feels like, no, you want you want some orange or or the, there's a, tri, a sort of three uh, color things yeah, where yeah. you can see you'll get blue and you'll get something closer to orange, some slightly closer to green. It'll be that's three colors in a complementary set. Yeah. And it's like that's what you want with music. You don't want all in that cluster. You want them to be sort of further out. Than that. Now some people will want them. Like Tom does want nothing but George Ezra, and I sometimes will want. Nothing but Kate Bush, but at the same time, it's like. Well, I, I think yeah, I think whenever you're in that sort of preteen <laughs> preteen stage, music is like a puzzle, mm. and you listen to it over and over and over and over again until until your brain figures it out, and you move on to the next thing. You yeah. listen to it over and over and over yeah. again. It's you don't really figure out what you like about music until you're about thirteen or fourteen, mm-hmm. and then that's when you, I think your tastes start getting baked in yeah. for good, you know. And you know, Nathan will probably always like Kanye West, yeah, because that's the stuff he's into when he's yeah. fourteen. You know, the same way he I, likes, he says, I like I like finding stuff really obscure, Daddy. I love that. That's that's what he likes. Yeah. Uh, I which, mean, I, I went to see um, Alice and Chains the other night, who were like a, a huge band whenever I was 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And it's been 20 odd years since I, since, you know, they, they were huge. 
but I had the time of my life at that gig because that's the stuff I was into whenever I was 14. Mm. Uh, and, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. That That's just hard-coded in at that age, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so what I'm basically saying is, make sure Tom's not listening to George Ezra for the next <laughs> two or three years. Like, let him get it out of his system and then find something that's better. I think the interesting thing to me is I think that a lot of comic creators are very... They're very boring, bland tastes. For artists, like, if you if you look at artists that would live in a rooftop apartment and walk around barefoot and do big, expansive paintings, and you go, what music are you listening to? It's like, what the fuck is that? It's, it's a really rare 1920s jazz, but it was made in Africa rather than America, and no one's ever heard anything like it. And you go, wow, that's really... <laughs> and you go, wow. And then you look at a comic artist, you go, oh, what do you like listening to? George Ezra. Okay. <laughs> it's, we're very boring. I'm big into Adele. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think it's because we... Oh, that, that, I don't know we like that boundary setting thing and mm. we're used to sitting in a room we like consistency and that allows us to kind of open up and kind of free. so I don't know if he's ever going to change it's like I mean I was into Kate Bush when I was 13 or 14 15 you know I just continually and I like that and I like just listening to those songs and even now I'll still listen to music I was listening to when I was 16, 17 there's nothing wrong with Kate Bush Kate no, Bush is, a, is, is, is the female David Bowie yeah you know yeah. but um. I, I mean, I know a lot of comic artists would listen to like soundtracks and stuff mm. because they can't handle anything verbal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose that, I'm the same. Does that bother you? Or? It depends on what I'm doing. If I'm doing layouts, yeah, I can't really listen to anything. I like silence. It's fucking precious hard to get a hold of that at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then when I'm doing sort of pencils, I can listen to more or less anything. When I'm doing inks, I can watch TV. So it's it's kind of okay. But anyway, my pick of the week it would be the book of Annihilation the uh, it's the Netflix film with um, oh I hated that film it, it's, I, it's, didn't, I didn't hate it I just like, when I watched it I think I started it at some ungodly hour of the night yeah and at some point I think I slipped between consciousness and dreams yeah. in and out and kind of I wasn't sure what was real what was part of yeah. my dream but it is it is a weirdly dreamlike yeah. Thing and there's, I mean, we made, I made fun of it uh, when we talked about that. There's a whole sort of um, dance sequence practically in the at, near the end of it, which is really weird. It's very choreographing, uh, yeah. Between. And but the thing is, that I mean, a lot of people had said that the book is brilliant and you should read the book and stuff. And and the book is brilliant. And but the one, so the book's really good. But one of the my favorite things about the book is it's 170 pages. It's brilliantly short. <laughs> it's really, okay. it's a nice, easy to digest thing. And it sort of throws you right in the middle of it. And it doesn't kind of over, it's a very simple sort of, it doesn't complicate thing. You don't know the characters' names. They're just, you know, the uh, archaeologist and the cryptographer and, the, and whatever. Um, and I mean, it still take me fucking ages to read it because I have no time, but um, it's a nice short book and it's a nice, easy read. I think it's quite good. So Okay. One for the easy reader. Out yeah, there. yeah. So anyway, that's that's been our show. I hope you enjoyed that. And if you're uh, if you're alone tonight and you want to listen, to, maybe Ron will leave five minutes of music on there for maybe you and that special someone in your life can lie down and remember the times you were in a field together, or you know, if you uh, want to talk about your exes, that you know, that's the sort of thing you can do. Or maybe you can listen to some George Ezra, sex and your exes. <laughs> Anyway, that's just so. See you later. Bye. See ya. Bye. There's a dark and a troubled satellite.